Support for WXAV 88.3 is being provided by Northwest Community Credit Union, located on campus inside the Graham School of Management. The credit union helps members bank on their futures by helping them learn about and build credit. NWCCU offers a student visa credit card to assist students in building credit. They also can provide capital to small businesses. For more information, visit their website at nwccu.com or call them at 1-800-2-BELONG. Support for WXAV 88.3 FM is being provided by Beverly Phonomart Records. Located at 1808 West 103rd Street, Beverly Phonomart has a large inventory of new and used vinyl records, CDs, and cassette tapes. Beverly Phonomart also has record players, t-shirts, and tote bags. For more information, please visit their website at beverlyphonomart.com. That's beverlyphonomart.com. Bookie's Bookstore is an underwriter of WXAV 88.3 FM. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue, Bookie's inventory includes new and used books. Bookie's also places orders and pre-orders for books not currently in stock. For more information, please visit their website at bookiesbookstores.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram by searching Bookies Chicago. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Salutations, listeners, and welcome back to the Player Profiles Podcast. I'm your host, Jotham Israel, and if you're looking for a spot to hear all the great stories that the athletes of St. Xavier University have to offer, then this is the right place to be. Today's athlete is John Glennon. Hailing from Frankfurt, Illinois, he is a middle blocker on the SXU men's volleyball team and a thrower on the men's track and field team. Want to see what happens when a former home with Flossmore Viking and a former Lincoln Way East Griffin hop on a podcast? Well, let's find out right now. John, thank you so much for taking the time out to come and do this interview, man. No, all thanks to you, John. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor to be here. Love being in the media center for the first time. And uh, I got to say, I love the setup. Love just being a part of the Player Profile Podcast. This is awesome. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it, man. Um, So... We know you as a volleyball player. We know you're a two-sport athlete here, but we're going to start with volleyball. Um, I want you to tell me, you know, what made you fall in love with the sport of volleyball? Well, Jonathan, that's a, good, that's a great question to start off. I mean, I started playing volleyball my freshman year of high school. Just I didn't make the baseball team. I literally tried out for the volleyball team my freshman year. And uh, in Lincoln Weiss, obviously, there's a lot of competition for every single sport there. So, you know, I was honored to be a part of the volleyball team my freshman year. And just kind of work my way up from there. And you know what? I just love the competitive atmosphere. And then as soon as I started getting older and started playing in the club, the club atmosphere, I really started falling in love with the game there, just meeting a bunch of different people, being a part of the community and just like the people and also just the competitive aspect of it. I absolutely loved it. Just, you know, the fast pace of the game, just being a part of a team, being out there, just feeling like you're one of the boys. I mean, I thought that was the great, the great atmosphere, just surrounding it. It's just different than any other sport. I mean, every sport has its own unique aspects per se, but what I really enjoyed was just the competitive atmosphere of that. I mean, I can't even emphasize that enough. I think that was really what made me fall in the game. And how far back does this love go? I mean, did you, I mean, I know some people, you know, are born to be, you know, players of a certain sport and some people grow into it. Where, where do you fall in on that spectrum? Did you, uh, you know, get to play in it when you were like in middle school or grade school or anything like that? When did it all really, really start to, you know, feel like a love for the post, the sport of volleyball? No, it's a great question. I think that that love for the game first came about right in the middle part of high school, like around, right around my junior year where I was going up to the varsity team, 
he's just come off a of state championship. So I wanted to fill the shoes of some big dogs there. And, you know, I was just really excited to play. And that's what I wanted to do, just get out there, give my best and play, just keep my head in the game. And I just, that's where I kind of loved it. But going back to your original point, I think I just grew into it. Like I definitely wasn't born with a volleyball in my hand by any means. I mean, I just had to grow into it and, you know, just kind of learn the atmosphere, learn the vibe, learn the, learn the game. I mean, it's just, um, you know, and then getting to college, you know, learning the aspect of film, watching film, watching my, my own highlights back saying, okay, this is what I could have done better. Okay, this is, this is perfect. Like, I need to implement this more. I think that that's really where I fell in love with the game, late high school and then early college is where I really started to grow fond of the game and just the finer aspects of it. Yeah, and you talk about, you know, your Lincoln Way East, um, you know, upbringing when it comes to volleyball. And you talked about, you know, filling in, bring sho- uh, filling in big <laughs> shoes. I was about to say filling in thick shoes or something like that, <laughs> like flip the flip the constants around or something like that. Uh, but no, nah, you talked about having to fill in some big shoes, especially, you know, it's really hard to, you know, top a championship team. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, you seem to be a kind of person to, you know, take that challenge and run with it. I mean, what was it like to, you know, get bumped up to varsity, you know, the year after and, you know, have um you know, have a shot, have, have a shot to, you know, repeat for your school. Yeah, it was, it was exhilarating. Like, you know, just being a part of the varsity team. And then when coach came with the starting lineup, I was the starting middle and, you know, just being a part of that, I was like, you know what, I know there's a lot of pressure here. You know, we got to repeat what the, what the guys did before us the year before. And um, even though it was a lot of pressure, I just kind of try to push it out of my own head and just be out there, just be my own self when I'm playing. It was just, you know, it was definitely an experience and, it also gave me a lot of pride to be on, come on the heels of, you know, the state championship team and having that honor of start being in the starting lineup. And honestly, I wouldn't have given it up for anything else in the world. It was awesome. Yeah. And you, yeah, you know, your junior year, you had a pretty good year. I mean, you made a run um, to the sectional final. Of course, you know, there are some, there was some tough competition that year. Oh, yeah. Marist was, you know, on another level um, that game. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, going through your first playoff run, I mean, that's a different animal. I want you to take me through, you know, what your first, you know, taste of high school postseason volleyball was like? It was definitely different than any regular season game played. I just remember, you know, lacing up for even just those regional matches saying, you know, even though the competition wasn't that great, I just remember just going out there being like, okay, you know, it's win or go home. Like, this is what it's all about. And um, just being a part of that and, you know, the the atmosphere was so much more different. It was electric, just, you know, hosting that regional and, you know, being there, having our fans at our backs. It was just a different vibe. You could just, you could just almost taste it in the air. It's just, you know, Everybody in that gym wanted it, and we just wanted to keep going, try to make that run as best as we could. When it came to sectionals, obviously, Maris was that buzzsaw, but even that gym was electric, you know, like our fans going against their fans. And, you know, it was still amazing, but definitely a different amount of pressure and definitely a different vibe in that gym when it came to postseason play. Yeah, and you talk about, you know, the competition difference between, you know, when you first start a run and when you end a run. But I want to highlight a game that was in between. You guys had a, you know, had a three-set battle with Sandberg, and you – you know, you obviously you, you obviously got a, you know, easy regional championship. You know, you ran, you know, swept two teams on your way to a regional championship. Right. And then you run into Sandberg and they come out and take the first set. Um, do you remember what you were thinking going in, going back into the huddle um, and having to, like, recollect yourself and try to, you know, get out of the hole and, you know, come back to win that game? Oh, man, that's a great question. I mean, I got to dig deep in the memory bank here for that one. But uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I just remember, you know, losing that first set and being like, okay, I mean, it's, you know, it's go time now. Like, you know, we got nothing, we can't, we can't lose another one or else it's done. You know, it's, uh, so, you know, I had to come out firing in that, that second set, you know, I was able to, you know, have a couple of decent blocks. I remember I had a couple of decent swings in there and, 
you know, just being able to bring that back and, you know, take that second set away. I mean, just, you know, it's what clutch volleyball is all about in the postseason. You know, you just got to just gotta make the plays you can make and just hope for the best. Uh, just, you know, come out there with a lot of energy, a lot of hype. Just pick each other up after each and every play. And it's just every every single point meant that much more knowing that we were down and we had to battle our way back. Yeah, that that definitely sounds like John Glenn in response right there. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely sounds you know. like a response for you. But, uh, you know. yeah, you know, obviously that was a great battle. I, I wish that you had gotten a chance to make a final run for your senior year because obviously, you know, with the program, the way that it is, yep. Lincoln Way East is always going to compete. But a monkey wrench was thrown your yeah. senior oh, year, yeah. and we all know what it is. We all yeah, know what it was. Um, how in the world did you go about, you know, thinking about your volleyball career when, when COVID happened? When COVID hit, Jotham, I was already committed here to go to St. Xavier. So I knew I had, you know, volley- more volleyball to come, but – Missing out on that senior year when it first happened. I remember when we were in our coach's classroom. It was in his history classroom. And, you know, he gave us the word that it was going to be the first two weeks and we'd be back. And I kind of held that hope. I was like, okay, like, we only have two weeks of off time. Like, just stay in shape as best you can. And we'll come right back to it in two weeks. And then two weeks turned into a month, which turned into, I mean, shoot. I mean, that whole summer, you know. So it was wild. And it's not having volleyball there for me. I was like, man, like, this is really tough. Like, you know, I hate, I hated just not being out there and competing. I just hated not being out there and having that chance to win. And we had a great team that year. We had a lot of younger guys coming up and it was just a really fun experience with the team or at least the couple of weeks that we had together before COVID hit. And, um, but yeah, it was definitely really tough. I mean, it's, it was almost surreal in the moment just thinking, man, I can't, I can't play volleyball. Like this is wild. You know, I have to wait until I get to college to play and, you know, I definitely miss it. I think about everything that I missed that senior year and what could have been. But, you know, it, you know, time goes on. But overall, yeah, it was definitely tough to process in the moment and just not having that there and being able to compete was definitely a tough aspect of it for sure. Yeah, I, I know it's I know it can be hard to think about the what ifs, but um, you obviously had to think about the what's next. And, you know, you have to make a decision. And I mean, you made it beforehand. Uh, you know, before everything fell apart, but what made St. Xavier the place to be for you, John? That's a good question. So I was recruited heavily by two schools. One was Benedictine over in Lyle, D3 college, really solid volleyball team. And, you know, I liked the atmosphere there. But then when I came here to St. Xavier and I visited and I was able to watch a game and there was a there was a five set match against Quincy University. And, you know, just watching the team, watching how they rolled, I said, you know what, I definitely think that I could be a part here. And um, a couple of my teammates from that I played club with, uh, I mean, name and names, we'll go with Shane Ohms and Mason Nassiger, uh, two great guys. And, you know, having them be here as well, it was all, it was kind of like a deciding point for me because I knew guys going in. And also I knew that, um, you know, I just wanted to represent my home city of Chicago. And, you know, I thought it was awesome just going, going to school and basically in my backyard. And I thought it was great. I love playing on the south side. I think that's, you know, St. Xavier is definitely what embodies the spirit of Chicago. I just want to be a part of that, part of that atmosphere. My dad grew up literally a block south of here, went to Brother Rice High School, graduated from Loyola. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to have the, the Glennon name back in the neighborhood. And I thought it was a, kind of a really cool experience just to be back on the south side and just, you know, kind of take my talents here and just, you know, glorify God through them and also just, you know, represent the south side of Chicago with all my whole heart. So I thought that was a really cool experience. And that's what kind of led my decision to come here to St. Xavier. Mm. Do you recall your family's reaction when you committed here? It was awesome. I remember I was on my way to St. Louis with my dad for a volleyball tournament. Uh, this was right before COVID hit. I remember it was like early February. So about a month later is when COVID, you know, started and, you know, wrecked our high school season. But 
remember talking to dad about just weighing the options between Benedictine and St. Xavier. And I made that decision right there, then and there is on the ride. I remember calling, calling Tom Ryan and saying, Hey coach, I'm in like, you know, let's do this thing. I remember calling, uh, calling my mom and they were, you know, everybody was ecstatic for me. My, my dad was super proud. My mom was super proud. She was really happy for me. And, um, I called a couple of my teammates said, Hey, you know, I called Shane up and said, Hey, Shane, I just committed, like going to be teammates for the next four years here. So he said he was really hyped for me as well. And, um, but my family was super supportive. They were, you know, they loved that I was going to school close by. They loved that they would be able to have the opportunity to support me, just not even just from, from home, but also to come to our games and watch. And they loved that aspect too. And I'm super grateful to them for all their support, but yeah, it was just really surreal. It was awesome to get that monkey off my back and finally have a college decision made. And uh, everybody was just so supportive, and I consider myself very blessed to have that support. Okay. Well, eventually, you wound up here. You graduated from Lincoln Way East. Hoorah. Yes, you sir. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Hoorah. Um, you came here, and obviously, you know, with volleyball being a primarily a spring sport, you have, to, you know, have to wait a little bit to, you know, get your first taste of college volleyball. But when January of 21 came around, and – you got a chance to get your first taste of NAIA college volleyball. What was it like? What was the atmosphere like? And what were you going? Th- what, was, what was your mind going through, man? Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely different. Just lacing them up for that first game. I thought, you know, I don't I didn't start that game, but just being there a part of the team, I said, this is awesome. Like, you know, being there, supporting all my buddies that, you know, I've come to know over the past few months, a bunch of local guys that are from suburbs and um, just able to come together and just, you know, kind of, you know, even though we're all different, we all had different stories, we all related really well together. And, you know, just kind of grinding through that, that weird kind of where COVID was still around and not too many fans were allowed to come to the games and everything, having to go through testing and all that kind of stuff. It was just, it was a grind. But then when it came to the actual game, it was just amazing just to be there. And I said, oh man, we got to play best of five now. It's not best of three anymore. And, you know, just being a part of that additional grind the games are a little bit longer I said all right like this is grown man's volleyball now like you know I'm playing with the big boys like this is awesome and I just considered myself blessed I just tried to cherish every moment of it right at the beginning and um I mean from there on we started off hot and just you know kind of never looked back we just started off and with a great start to the season yeah and I I have to remind you that you are quite literally part of probably the most successful class of volleyball players that this school has, you know, ever, ever seen when it comes Appreciate to men's that. volleyball, because <laughs> I mean, it's, it's realistic because, you know, before you guys came here, you know, before the, you know, your class came in, you know, the volleyball program, you know, wasn't as good as it, you know, is now uh, beforehand, you know, they had a, they had a one twenty win season um, back in maybe 18 or 19. Yeah. That's but right. other than that, the, the program had been struggling to get, you know, get on foot and be competitive. Then you guys came in, and, you know, you were you you were witness to a 23 and four season. And now it's like SXU volleyball is is really on the map now. Um, what was it like to, you know, have such a you know successful season your first year of college and just seeing, you know, how successful your team was and what you could turn into? It was really unique, Jotham, because, you know, coming from that East team, I knew I was part of a couple of good teams going in. But this was definitely different. Like being a good team at a college level is so much harder than being a good team at a high school level. Just, you know, so many different personalities, the practices, all the game plans and all that kind of stuff. It was just, it was definitely a different experience. But being a part of a winning program, I thought, man, like we've got, we've got opportunity to do some damage here over the next few years. This is, you know, like this is ours, this is ours to lose, basically. Like we could run this conference realistically for the next few years if we wanted to. And since then, I mean, it's just been, I mean, we've been playing some great volleyball. 
uh, new kids coming in, you know, the old guys moving out, graduating and um, just having to deal with that. It was, you know, definitely an experience, but being a part of a winning program has definitely brought a lot of pride to myself, but also to my teammates in the program as well. Yeah, you guys have done a lot, a lot of winning. And I know you come from a high school that is really, really known for winning on multiple different levels. And now you come into college and they're starting to win as well. It's almost like, you know, you kind of brought the winning culture, you know, to St. Xavier, along with everybody else. Obviously, it's not just a one man team, obviously. Exactly. Um, but, you know, you guys have assembled a lot of great talent over, you know, the past few years. And um, I mean, from your freshman year to now, what are some of the, you know, some of the best moments you've had, you know, playing volleyball here at St. Xavier? That's a good question. I mean, there's so many to choose from, Jonathan. Like, it's awesome. And, you know, I would say each year winning conference has been a different experience. You know, like going from freshman year, we just, you know, rolled through conference. It was great. Sophomore year, we had that five-step battle with Trinity in the conference final. And that was just, you know, it was electric, man. It was just it was nuts. It was, um, you know, it was just exhilarating having to deal with that and just, you know, being on the brink of being like, oh, man, we could lose here. And uh, just coming coming out with a win was huge. And then junior year being blessed with the opportunity to start and starting that conference match. You know, I played really well. All my teammates played lights out. It was great. Um, but yeah, just being each, each year is a different experience, but the end result was the same. But even still, like each year it almost got sweeter. Like just, you know, just like considering where I've come, like, all the all the blood and sweat that I poured out in that court and just all, all the coming together, you know, at the end of that conference run and, you know, getting that bid to nationals. I would say that 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 junior year of conference, I think, was definitely the highlight, you know, being able to, you know, contribute more to that team and, you know, just having a great time with all the fellows and, you know, just being out there coming together as one. That was definitely a highlight for me. And then that year, last year, that is when we went out to nationals and, we lost that first game to Benedictine Mesa. You know, that was tough, but, you know, we still knew we had a team that could fight and still at least have a shot at advancing. And even though we didn't, I mean, we came out with that dub against Georgetown, and that was, you know, a memory in itself. You know, I just remember just being in so in the moment, so locked in, and, um, you know, just like, you know, sweating going into the fifth set, and, you know, everybody's tired, but, you know, you still have that energy and that motivation to keep pushing and maybe even try to advance to the next round, even though it didn't happen. You know, that was definitely probably one of my highlights. So conference, the conference went from junior year then that first national win in program history against Georgetown at na the national tournament. I think those are the top two for me. Yeah. And let's talk more about that junior year. Cause I mean, that was a historical year for St. Xavier volleyball. I mean, first off, it's as simple as this, John, what does it feel like to make that kind of history? It was in the moment you don't realize it, but then once you're changing the locker room, you're laughing with the guys, you're like, man, we just made history. Like, first program win in SXU men's volleyball history. And to be a part of that, to contribute to that, it felt so good. I felt really good in my heart. I said, you know what, from here, you know, we just gave our best effort. I mean, we're better than those guys. Like we can do, we can do so many things with this team. And, you know, just that, that junior year and that make it, making history just felt so good. And just, you know, knowing that sweat was put to good use and just all that effort, that whole grind, like we've suffered injuries, like you name it, typical, typical team stuff, just, you know, overcoming a lot of adversity and just being able to compete together as a team. It was incredible. And, you know, being making being able to make history, it's definitely an honor. I'm so glad I was able to do it here in my tenure here. And uh yeah, and just like kind of setting the stage for this year's senior year. I mean, that was that was great. That was great. I mean, it was it was awesome to be a part of history and just uh the honor was just amazing. Just kind of I just tried to revel in the moment as best as I could and 
just enjoy it as best as I can. And it was uh, it was great. It truly was great. Yeah, not, I, not I, am, that. I imagine it was a great experience. But I mean, there was also another weird side to it. It also marked the end of that season um, because, you know, NIA, NIA has a you know interesting kind of pool play kind of system when it mm-hmm. comes to the national tournament. It's not just like IHSA where it's like, OK, you face one team is winner, go home. You lose, you you lose, you go home, you win, you move on. Exactly. Um, but obviously there was a lot of importance in the first game, you know, and, you know, winning that second game only meant that you had a chance if somebody else lost. I mean, what was that experience like after you guys pulled off the comeback against Georgetown? Was there a lot of scoreboard watching? Was there any, like, anxiety? Was there, like, any, like, severe, I'm rooting for this team so we can keep our season alive <laughs> type stuff? I mean, what was the what was the mojo like after you pulled off that comeback? Absolutely. Uh, so – the way it works for the pool play, it's four pools of three teams. And so basically we were one and one in that pool. Georgetown was 0-1 and Benedictine was 1-0 after beating us. So basically in order to have a shot at advancing, everybody had to be 1-1. So basically we were rooting for Georgetown, the team that we just beat, to beat Venue Mesa, who we just lost to. And we went to that game and just the, all the guys, we were the loudest people in that arena. Like we were just going crazy. We were trying to trip up Ben Mesa as best we could, trash talking, you name it, supporting the Georgetown guys. And that match went to five. And we were just watching. Like, all of us were hoarse with, you know, after yelling and screaming the past couple of days, after playing and everything, we were all still tired. And, you know, but we were still there trying to support Georgetown, even though they did come up short. Um, it was just, you know, a surreal experience to be like, man, we still got a shot to advance. And, like, when it went to the fourth set and then the fifth set, we just kept, you know, just kept chirping and chirping and chirping. And, you know, we got into the venue Mesa heads a little bit, but, you know, overall it just wasn't enough. They were pretty overpowering. But overall, it was definitely surreal and just being, you know, having that opportunity to, you know, potentially advance. Like the energy in that arena for that, just for that game was unmatched. I mean, just bringing that hype, even just from watching from the sidelines, it was awesome. How unique, you know, was that experience? I mean, that's not something that happens in competitive sports very often. No. I mean, how, I mean, that's that's a very rare thing to do to have to you know beat a team and then turn around and root for them in this in in the span of what a day or two exactly literally a day literally <laughs> a day hours. i mean i mean how do you ever did you ever imagine that you'd be in a situation like that no absolutely not i thought you know everybody's the enemy man it's us against the nai bro like it was it was surreal just like oh man like we just beat these guys. Like now we got to root for them. Like now, what do they think about us? Like, are they going to take our, our chance and everything? Are they going to just use it against themselves, bring themselves negative energy? But it actually turned out like much props to the Georgetown team, man. They took it in stride and, you know, like we were just doing our best to be friendly with them. And in the end, it was all good sportsmanship. So we appreciated what they did and how they fought, you know, cause they were fighting for their playoff chances too. If they had won, then they would have had, you know, we would all had the opportunity to go to elimination where we would have had to root against each other again. Mm-hmm. So, and play against each other again. So, you know, just that uh, experience and just, you know, it's nothing like any other, like you were saying, like in the IHSA or even Division One. how it's just all bracket play, win or go home. Like the NAI format with still having an opportunity to potentially do that, it was it was unique. Like it's truly not like anything else. And, you know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool to just be, you know, still alive and, you know, being able to witness that and uh, be a part of the moment just where you know we were playing in a unique format where we're able to somehow maybe advance we'll see what happens but um it was really crazy just like like you said just having to turn around after a day and root for the team that we just beat i thought it was i thought it was crazy but in the end it was awesome it was so much fun yeah i i can imagine i was i was literally looking at the the score 
Um, like when I, I look back on it while I was doing my show, um, like that Friday, and I'm just sitting there, I'm just like, this is this is something else. I I I need to dig somebody's brain about this one day because <laughs> this is not normal. Like I'm sitting here, I'm, I, and, I, and that's when I got to learn about the pool logistics, and I'm like. So we literally have to root for a team that we just reverse swept. <laughs> exactly. Tell me about it, man. <laughs> it was, I was just, I'm just like, oh, man. I mean, as fun as it is for you guys to, you know, be in that situation, it was almost just as fun for us fans to look back and be like, so this is what has to happen in order for us to stay alive. Okay. Well, go Georgetown right exactly. now. You know, for, for, for this next hour and a half or whatever, go Georgetown. But, you know, that was, um, that was, that was some funny stuff, man. Um, but I want to stick to your junior year because it's one thing to be a college student. It's one thing to be a college student athlete. It's one thing to be a college student athlete playing multiple sports. But playing two sports in the same season is not something that you see very often. And I have to ask you this, John. What made you uh, want to take on, you know, throwing for the SXU track and field team while, you know, having to deal with volleyball? That's a great question. So after the national tournament ended, track and field season was still on. And I got to give props to my girlfriend, Jamie Siraki. She's the best. Uh, you know, she, you know, I got to know her, obviously, and got to know her teammates, got to know the coach. And the coach saw me and said, you know what? I think you, you know, I think you might have success in Javelin. And I said, really? I mean, you think so? I mean, I'd be willing to give it a try. I mean, I've got basically nothing to do for these next couple of weeks after the, our volleyball season ended. So I said, screw it. Like, let's give it a shot. See what happens. I mean. And it was surreal and just, you know, going through the frustration at first of, you know, trying to pick it up and just holding, holding that jab the right way and, you know, trying to throw it the right way. It's not like throwing a baseball or even a football or anything like that. It's like mm -hmm. you're literally just holding a spear in your hand and you just got to like, you almost felt prehistoric, like you're in the medieval times. Yeah. Like that. It was just, <laughs> it was so unique and, you know, props to everybody for being patient with me and just being, you know, so supportive. And, you know, eventually after a couple of weeks, you know, that first meet, I believe it was Olivet was my first meet where I threw 40 meters which was you know at the time I think was it was either second or third on the team right then so I said oh man so you know I'm you know having success with this like this is really cool and even mm -hmm. though I didn't really stack up well against you know the best people in the NAI or the best throwers even in conference you know it was still really fun to you know have that experience but definitely in terms of the physical toll it took you know I just played a whole volleyball season like I was tired and then mm -hmm. going into javelin and just you know having to use that arm again and just you know, have to run, run up that runway, just, you know, down and back. Just, it definitely took a toll. I remember um, just my right arm was just, I felt like it was ready to fall off. But mm -hmm. it was, uh, it was really a unique experience. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I hope I get the opportunity and the blessing to do that again this year. I don't know if I'll be able to with just the crunching of the schedules and everything. But if that opportunity did come to pass, I would definitely do it again. And I think that I could realize some more success in that arena for sure. Yeah. And by the way, um, you, you'd place third in that um in that event that you threw javelin in at the ONU um invite that's right that's um, right you placed third and that was the highest on the team right um that that's day correct. you only only other two other Olivet guys had higher you know more distances than you did that's that right. day so you came in and you literally made your impact like right there and there like I am here now exactly you know, it's like <laughs> that that is pretty crazy to turn around after what, well, how 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 long was it between you throwing that javelin in, in the Georgetown game? What two weeks, maybe? If a week that, or two? Yeah, exactly. A couple of weeks, I would say. How do you how do you shift your mind to you know from um you know the end of the volleyball season to nose diving into throwing a javelin that you don't really have that much experience <laughs> throwing? I mean, how how do you go along with doing that, John? Uh, you know what? I mean, 
I will shout out Jamie again for just inspiring me and saying, Hey, like, I think you could be good at this. And the coach saying, Hey, you know, I think you could, you could have success. And you know what? I took that and kind of used it as motivation and saying, you know what? Like they believe in me. Like, let me try it. Like, let me see if I can make the beliefs work out. And just the mentality switch from going to a sport that I've been playing for years and then just picking up something completely new. It was definitely different. Like I remember the first couple of weeks I was so frustrated. Like, our girlfriend was throwing further than me. So that was like an ego check for me. I was like, and obviously she's a beast. Like she's got the school record in javelin. Like she's through 30, like almost 36 meters. Like, you know, basically scratching at the national mark. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just going, like watching her, I said, man, I wish I could do that. And, you know, sure enough, it's just, I had to stay patient. And that was the biggest part of it was just that patience. And just, you know, if you want to like push forward, Johnny, like just keep moving. Like just keep, you know, sticking with it. Like you could be good at this if you really want to be. And sure enough, that meet came along and, you know, realized it's success. So I, you know what, I, you know, give my shout out to all the throwers and all the, my teammates that I've come to know as family and friends. And um, I thank them. And I also just, you know, I mean, I shout out to, to the coach and also just, you know, to myself just for being able to try something new. You know, I was, I was kind of proud of myself in that moment, just being like, Hey, you know, you tried something new and you had success with it. So, you know what, it was definitely a mentality switch, you know, just trying to, um, trying to relate volleyball to that, like even the motion in the arm, even though it's different and, you know, just trying to, you know, try something new. Um, it was just definitely a, a surreal experience and, you know, just trying to pick up something new, like a di- completely different sport and having that mentality switch. Um, it was definitely weird in the first couple of weeks, but, you know, once I got to competing and everything, I started getting it down. Like it really became something that I started to enjoy. Mm. That's very interesting. I mean, obviously, you have the ultimate supporter by your side, which is your girlfriend. But outside of her, you know, you have to walk into, you know, a team that, you know, not just not just the guys, but there's also the girls that you can work with as well. Exactly. I mean, what was it like, you know, that first week walking into that environment, having literally everybody, you know, around you and helping you and supporting you? It was uh, it was interesting. I felt like, you know, I was almost like a a patient in in the ER room or something like that. It was like it was like they were all like. They were all there, you know, like showing me different, you know, ways to hold it, like different footwork, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, shout out to the coach. Like he was great with helping me out with that, too. He was, you know, very patient. He said, you know, here's what you have to do. And he was scrambling around because there's, you know, I'm just one of a bunch of throwers. You know, I don't even know how many throwers are on the team anymore. I think almost scratching at 30 throwers now. But, you know, like obviously we all don't have the same practice slot. But, I mean, there's, you know, at least 15 of us at one practice. And, you know, for him to at least take the time and just being willing to kind of, you know, show me the basics and at least be able to, you know, be patient with me and see what the potential that I had. I was super grateful for that. And also for my teammates and, you know, being it, it being a co-ed sport too, like having different perspectives from both the men and the women, I thought that was really unique. And I really kind of enjoyed that having that experience. Um, my girlfriend giving me tips too. She was super helpful with that. And, um, you know, I was just super grateful to all of them for being so supportive of me and being patient, just me picking up a completely new sport. I did my best to be a good sport about it, even though I got frustrated at times, but um in the end it definitely worked out and i you know definitely wouldn't trade that experience for anything mm. that's that's a this is a very unique spot man i i don't think I've, <laughs> i don't think i've met somebody who has dared to take on two sports that overlap throughout through the same season yeah um yeah. i mean that that is that is unbelievable i give you props because I don't, I don't know how <laughs> i, I don't know how that. you do Thank it you. dude that's that's actually like very very unique like when you look back at this uh if it were me and i look back at the fact that i played two sports at the same in the same season i'd be like man how in the world did i do that right um so <laughs> um 
I mean, props to you, man. That that's that's a heck of an accomplishment. Thank you so much. Um, but obviously, you know, this is a whole new year. Yep. Um, and you just started volleyball. Yes, sir. Um, you guys are off to a little bit of a slow start, but you've had yeah. a tough schedule. Yeah, we you have. know. Um four different top fifteen teams is no slouch. You you guys were a top ten team in the preseason polls yourself, but you know, obviously you guys have had to deal with some adversity. Um you know how how are you going? How are you guys going to go forward in you know tackling this this adversity and getting back to your winning ways? I think it's just a matter of chemistry building at this point, Jotham. I really do. Uh, I think that we've just the theme of the game has been the same. I mean, we've gone, we've been competitive in each one of our matches, but each time we just fall a little short. I feel like there's just a little technical things, like you know, like lack of communication on the court, kind of stuff like that. And yeah, we have new guys too. I mean, that's always a thing too. We got a brand new setter, two new setters actually, Christian and Cam. They're Great athletes, much props to them for, for what they come in and been able to make an impact right off the rip. Um, we got our um, our new outside, Matt Penala, new middle, Alessandro Giannotti. Uh, those guys are awesome. Having Shane back has been incredible. And then him going down with that broken finger definitely hurt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, coaches had to make a, make a few lineup switches. Like, guys, you know, have a rough game. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to let them sit the bench for a couple sets and be like, hey, like, you know what? Like, just a little bit of a reality check. And, you know, Definitely a part of men's sports has got to be ego as well. Like everybody's out there, like they're trying to play their best, trying to show their stuff. Um, and sometimes like, yeah, does it get to our head a little bit? Yeah. But at the same time, I think it in the end, it boils down to all ego and trying to put our best face out there aside. I think it's just a matter of trying to build that chemistry. And it's early in the season, so I'm honestly not concerned. It's beginning of February. We've got some um, got some conference play coming up. So, you know, trying to, you know, garner some home matches, some home wins. I think that'll really help us out. And just try to build that confidence. I think once that first win comes along, I have no doubt in my mind that we'll start to take off and then, you know, get our work away ourselves back to top 10 status once again. Yeah. And obviously you guys have a pedigree for winning. So this is definitely not something to panic about. No. Absolutely um, and you guys have shown, a, you know, uh, you guys can dominate the conference over the past three years and over your entire tenure here. You guys are 37 and one in conference play with that <laughs> one loss being that five set you know, set back to Trinity Christian right, last right. year. Yep. Um, but still, to dominate a conference like that, and, you know, this conference is nothing to sneeze at when it comes to, you know, volleyball. It, it can be competitive sometimes. It can be, yeah. Um, but to have a stranglehold over the conference like that, yeah, there's, this is definitely not something to panic about. Right, um, exactly. You know, you guys always seem to have, like, a, you know, a really tough schedule. You guys have uh, – you know, a lot of top 15 ranked teams on your schedule. And this is, this is, I mean, that first half was only the, you know, part of it. You have more ranked teams down the road. Um, so when you, you know, when you look at, you know, what's coming up next, you guys have that Viterbo tri-match this weekend. Correct. And then you have um, your first conference home game against Judson. Um, you know, what are going to be some of the, you know, main things that you think you guys want to touch up on as you, you know, try to, notch up a string of wins i think a lot of um what we well we need to touch upon everything like nobody's a perfect player i um, mean we have to all have to work on our attack um but most of all i think it's uh, our block and our defense like our block has been it's been good but against these top 15 teams this has been working out like they're you know hitting shots around us as a middle you know i gotta be you know fast to the pins i feel like i've been late in a lot of situations i can say the same for all of our middles honestly but um i think overall i think our uh our block and our defense definitely has to pick it up a little bit. That's definitely what we're going to focus on this week. I know this evening at practice, I know Coach is probably going to have a definitely mindset towards the guys on the net blocking, and then he's going to have the uh, 
the defensive specialist doing a bunch of defensive drills, you know, just trying to dig out of tough situations. Um, but also, I think that's, you know, kind of the main part of it. Like, you know, we're not playing these slouches. Like, we're playing some top 15 teams. And it's, it's tough. It's tough competition. Like, mm-hmm. NAI volleyball is nothing to sneeze at, like you're saying. But, um, but yeah, just like working on the little things, uh, working on the technical stuff. I mean, we have the talent to make a great run. I mean, we really do. I think we've had the most talented team, honestly, since I've been here. I think that that's safe to say that we've had the most talented team that we've had, at least in my four years here anyway. Um, so I think that that just working on the little things, like you can't, you can't teach talent, but you can coach the technical things. And I think once we clean up those technical errors, I think we're going to be in great shape going forward. Okay. It'll, it'll definitely be something that I'll be keeping an eye on. Cause I, I really want to see you guys make that one last run, especially, Absolutely. especially considering, you know, this is your last semester here. Yes, sir. So that's right. You know, to go out with a bang, you know, is I would, I would, I would hope that it was a, it's a good priority to have for you. Um, yeah, so, absolutely. um, no doubt. Best of luck to you guys, obviously. Um, but I want to talk about, um, team culture. And this is the last thing that I'll talk about when it comes to, you know, your sports. Um, I know you're around the volleyball team a lot more than you are the track team, but how do you kind of compare and contrast like the team culture? Like, how do you, how do you feel, you know, that, man, this is a, this is a tough question to put in words. You're good. You're good. Um, how do you compare and contrast like the team culture between volleyball and the team culture that you see with the track and field teams because i would i would have to imagine those are two completely different different dynamics oh my gosh it's ridiculous i mean the volleyball team for us i mean we're just focused on volleyball it's you know it's just us you know just a group of however many guys we have like about 30 guys and you know just trying to work our way towards that one end goal of winning the national championship and that's uh you know just like and we have to work together as a team and that's how you know that's how it's got to be that's how it's been the last four years how that's how it's been for every single team i've been on um, in terms of the track team, throwing is so much more individual. Like you have your teammates support, but once you're on that runway holding that javelin in your hand, it's all you. It's, you're on your own. And so, you know, the team culture, I definitely think is this, like very similar in that the throwers and then the volleyball team, we're all tight knit. We all have, you know, good chemistry. Like we all, yeah, obviously we're our own people. Like we all have our own hobbies. We like doing our own different things. When it comes to volleyball, we all have that opportunity to work out together, to play together, to go on these road trips together and, you know, hang out together, play cards, do whatever it is. Like having that culture and instilling that friendship, that bond that's going to last a lifetime, I think is huge. I think that's what really sets our team, that mindset apart from, you know, even track or anything like that. I mean, um, I think the throwers, I mean, obviously they're great people. And I love I love being a part of the throwers just because it's, you know, a completely different sport you can all relate to a lot of different things like you know you have all these technical things and i really am blessed to consider myself one of them and it's definitely different from volleyball but overall the team aspect is definitely um it's more of a team going going towards one goal whereas throwing it's more individual accomplishments and each of your teammates is supporting you in that strive to gain that individual accomplishment whether it be a pr a national qualifying mark you name it and it's awesome just the vibe around the track team because everybody's just supporting you and then also with, you know, there being so many events during track and feel like these meets are crazy. Like there's so many things that are going on at once. And sometimes you do feel like it's just kind of you're in your own bubble there. Whereas then volleyball, you know, like you've got the team there. You've got six guys on the court at once. You know, you guys are bringing it in the huddle after each, each and every play. And uh, it's definitely a different kind of a culture. But I'd say that our team culture right now is pretty solid. and It's working our way up. Like we're just trying to build that that mindset of the end goal of winning a national championship and just trying to become brothers and bond along the way. So I think it's really unique. And I think that that the difference that I've been able to witness between track and field and volleyball has been awesome. And I've enjoyed each very immensely. So 
even though it is different, I like both in each individual regard for sure. I see. Yeah, I, I can imagine, you know, how different it can be to, you know, have, you know, those different kinds of goals. Because like when, when you're playing volleyball, that's the only thing that's going on. You know, there's one court, you know, there's a net, there's two sides of the net and there's two teams trying to score as many points as they can. Exactly. With track and field, obviously, there's so much going on. Oh my you know, gosh, it, it's it. like you can't have your eyes, at, at least if you're a fan. Players is different. But when you're, you know, a fan and you're watching a track meet or a field or field meet or anything like that, it's like there's so many things going on. Oh, it's crazy. And, you know, there's so many people doing so many different things. Um, and, you know, as, as a fan, as someone who watches these events, it's like it's it is a stark contrast. It can be a stark contrast in terms of like, you know, the the environment and kind of like, you know, where our eyes are at, because, you know, with track with track and field, I, like I said, there's so much going on. So many people doing so many different things. You look one way, you can see a sprint. You look the other way, you can see somebody doing long jump. You look the other way, you see somebody chucking a spear as far as they can. And you know, it's just it's just a lot that's of so real. It's just a lot of. Uh, it's just I mean, that's the best way I can put it. I mean, you're, you're literally yeeting a spear as far as you can. Literally, and it's that's all, that's all it is. I, I always thought that it was one of the more interesting athletic events that I had ever seen. Just javelin throws are just. I don't know why it's, it's 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 like a spectacle of some sort. It's like, man, you, you like you're you're yeeting a spear as far as you can. <laughs> like, I don't know what sounds so appealing about that, but it's so appealing. It is. It's it's like uh, it's just going out there and being able to do something like competing in a different kind of sport. It's definitely unique. And like I compare that to you know, I mean, take the other throwing events for instance, like discus, shot put throw, like. Shot put, you're literally just holding basically the weight of almost a bowling ball in a much more compact weight, and you're just trying to throw that as far as you can. Hammer throw is literally that on the end of a metal string. Mm -hmm. And then this case, you're just throwing oversized DVDs. I'm like, dude, like it's it's absolutely unreal. And I absolutely like I love every aspect of it. I think it's, you know, each each thrower, like I've gotten to know in so many people, like just within the throwing community and you know, specifically my teammates, obviously, because um, you know, obviously when you're at the meets, like you get to meet other people and, you know, stuff like that. But um, being, a, you know, getting to know my teammates and just all the technical aspect that goes into each and every event, it's just super, like, it's spectacular. I mean, it's really, really cool. And even with javelin, like, yeah, you're trying to throw a spear as far as you can, but there's even technique within that. Like, you got to hold it the right way and it's just got to come out just so in order to let it fly straight. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I had throws where like the javelins are like literally going sideways away from me. I'm like, what just happened? Like, what did I, how did I do that? You know? <laughs> So, you know, just being a, like, just each individual aspect of throwing and even just like, you know, running events like hurdles, sprints, other field events like long jump. Um, uh, we don't have any pole vaulters at the school just because we don't have the facilities for it. But um, just even that, um, high jump, like you name, you name it, each thing has its own unique aspect. So um, it's just really interesting and it's really kind of a cool part to be a part of and, you know, being a part of that atmosphere. And in the end, again, it goes back to just contributing, contributing to the school, contributing to the team. I think it's really awesome and definitely brings me a lot of pride and joy to be able to do that for the school, for sure. Mm. Yeah, I sometimes I just wrap my mind around how much technicality there goes into throwing, you know, the items that you throw in field events. Just like you, some people just think that, oh, 
you just throw something as far as you can. No, there's a lot of technicality. Oh, there is an insane amount of technicality and technique involved in how you throw those things. It's wild. It's it, it is wild. It's like, man, I know my roommate, he throws shot put. And it's just like, dude, what in the world? Like I, I sometimes he show he shows me film sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, the the sheer fact that there's film for this. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And it, like there's film on you throwing something and it's like you you, you can point things out on how to throw it farther it, that it, it, and it's not just oh just make sure you put more force into it no exactly. it's like there's like these movements and these you know these you know set positions you have to be in and you know certain arm angles or something like that it was just like oh my goodness this is a unique this is a very it's a very unique um unique thing about track and field like it's it's one of those sports where it's like it's a lot harder than it looks. The definition it, of it. It is Absolutely. it's the little definition of it. Of course. And of course. it just it just will never cease to fascinate me. It's impressive. Um but yeah, that's the athlete side of you. I want to know more about the student side of you, man. You uh you came here for business management, right? That's correct. Business management and finance. So hopefully graduating with two degrees at the end of the semester. So uh, what do you what do you want to try to um, do with this um, business management road? Path? That's a that's a great question, Jotham. I've I've been kind of diving into different opportunities like and then also with the finance degree, too, I can take that into different directions, too. So, I mean, I think about what I could do. Um, I think in the end, I want to work my way up into a firm, into kind of a management position, whether it be, you know, CFO, CEO, COO of any company. I mean, I want to start off here in Chicago um, in terms of the actual opportunity. I'm not sure. Um, I think I definitely want to work in um, an environment where I definitely feel like, you know, I'm definitely, you know, making a, making a difference as opposed to just being a part of like, you know, pushing papers across a desk from nine to five. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I just want to take my degree and just, you know, contribute somewhere. I mean, I kind of use my athletic background just to think about contributing, like working as a teammate um, and just all, obviously, you know, this time I'll be making money while I'm doing, it. I'll be putting on, you know, a shirt and tie and slacks on as opposed to, you know, volleyball uniform, yeah. gym shoes and, you know, whatever other accessories you find available, you know? So uh, I definitely want to take it, you know, some way into, you know, business management role of some sort, whether it be, you know, starting off in lower management and companies, just working my way up and, you know, just trying to find success there. Uh, that's what I want to do in terms of a specific um, vocation and what I want, what I want to do. I mean, I'm not entirely sure yet. I know that not every 21 year old man knows what they want to do. So, uh, you yeah. know what, I'm like, you know what, just kind of go out there, kind of you know, get my feet wet, maybe with a couple of different jobs and see what I like. And then hopefully find my niche somewhere and to kind of take it forward from there. I see. Um, do you have any family members that have like any experience with business management or is this something that you kind of picked up on your own? No, absolutely. My dad, my dad's been a businessman his whole life and he kind of was my inspiration just because I see how well he is with people. He's a great people person. He can talk to anybody. And, you know, I saw what he did. I said, you know what? I can do that too. You know, I can, you know, I can try to be personable as best as I can. And um, I attribute my job. I worked at a, but I'm still working at Presswood Country Club golf course for uh, through high school and into college and, you know, being a caddy there and working in the golf services section there too. I've been able to establish a lot of relationships and being able to get that interpersonal connection with different people. I think that that will definitely do me, do me a solid in the business world for sure. And, uh, you know, my dad was definitely my inspiration in that he's been working in transportation and logistics, getting things from A to B his whole life. I mean, that's been his, that's been his vocation. He's been, uh, he's been successful in that. So, I see what he does there. And I'm, you know, I've been, you know, looking into transportation myself and just thinking about, oh man, like this would be kind of interesting. And I know he has connections, you know, I have some other connections through that and through other, you know, businesses that, in that kind of realm too. 
So, you know, my dad definitely kind of laid the groundwork for me there. And I said, you know what, I can definitely see myself doing that, something like that anyway in the future. Mm, yeah, I was just about to ask. Um, you kind of uh, answered it a little bit already, but I was going to ask if you had like a preference of what kind of business you would want to oversee. And you dived into a little bit of the transportation logistics and stuff like that. Exactly. So, um, there's that question answered. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude. You talked about uh, hobbies earlier when we were talking about team culture. Um, what are some of your hobbies anyway? Well, that's a great question, Jotham. I mean, I've got a few hobbies. Um, I love the outdoors. I love to waterfowl hunt. I love to fish. Um, it's just been something I've been doing growing up my whole entire life. Like I, we, we go hunt, we duck hunt and goose hunt in central Illinois, down on the Illinois River down there. And we also belong to a, a goose hunting club down in uh, down south here in Braywood, about an hour south of here. And, uh, you know, it's just been really fun. It's a... It's a different experience, you know. Um, it was just hunting and being out, in the, being out in nature and being outside. It's just awesome. Just getting that fresh air poisoning. I absolutely love it. You know, uh, being inside a sweaty gym is definitely different from being outside, kind of you know, in the cold and hanging out like with your buddies, just doing something you all love to do. And I've been doing that with my family, uh, with my with my brothers Joey and Jake, with my dad and my mom. And this was something that I've you know made made a lot of core memories with. That's definitely one of my hobbies. Um, you know, that's definitely what sticks out to me, you know, fish over the summer, hunt during the fall and winter. Um, other hobbies that I've got, I've got a, I've got an old truck. I drive an 03 Dodge Dakota around. Um, I love, uh, I've had some, so many issues with it, but I love whenever an issue comes up, I go on YouTube. I'm like, all right, how do I fix this? And I just love tinkering around with stuff wow. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I had the radiator go out on it. I said, all right, well, let's see what we can do. Find a video on YouTube. I was like, all right. Let's, you know. Three hours later, I was like, all right, we're done. So you <laughs> so, just fixed a radiator by yourself off of a YouTube video? Basically, yeah. Just follow steps. I would go off a YouTube video. I would say, all right, uh, so uh, whoever's in the video doing the work, I'll click click play in the video, watch for about 20 seconds. All right, got to remove these bolts, whatever, do that, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And then just basically repeat the steps in reverse. Just put the new part in, get her done. And I've done that with my truck. What else have I done to that thing? Um, I've done I've done the brakes on it. Um, I've done like little other like parts and pieces of it, like you know, just like the basics of you know, um, oil changes. I haven't actually done an oil change in my truck yet. I didn't want my old car, but uh, but anyway, kind of just getting off topic. But um, just like I kind of enjoy doing that, just fixing my own stuff, saving myself a little bit of money, and um, I don't know once I get some more money underneath me, maybe I'll try to dive into something else. My cousin and I have uh i've dived into jet ski repair a little bit he's got a couple of jet skis uh and he and i i would always go up there and uh he and i would just get, get in the garage and we just start working like it's just fun it's like tinkering around and being able to fix something and making an engine run i think it's really cool i took a couple class auto classes in high school and you know i kind of enjoyed that so you know it's kind of a hobby of mine just on the side almost and even though it's not so much a hobby as it is like oh man i gotta fix this right now or else you know i'm not gonna be able to make it up to school it's uh it's definitely kind of become something that I've come to enjoy a little bit. And even though I'm not, you know, an advanced mechanic by any means, like I can take care of some little stuff here and there and it's, it's definitely really fun. So that's kind of my, one of my other things. Um, I mean, outside of that, like other sports, um, I mean, it's been hard to kind of dive into other sports. like just with volleyball and everything being so busy, but mm -hmm. I love golfing over the summer. Um, I mean, my brother, Joey's a, an athlete on the golf team here at SXU. I always golf with him whenever we can get buddies together. I just love doing that. Um, uh, just having that time together on the golf course, even though they say golf is one of the most frustrating games just because it's so technical, but I just find myself enjoying that and just being around the game, working at Presswick has been uh, definitely a blessing for me. And I've grown to appreciate that game too. And that's not something like 
volleyball or track where you can just keep going with that forever like you know my body's only got so many reps in it before my knees give out you know yeah. so <laughs> so golf is something that i can take into the future especially like going in the business world like a lot of business deals are done on the golf course i've seen that a lot of times you know just mm -hmm. as my in my time as a caddy like guys will be talking business out there i'm like i can see myself doing that so you know what that's another hobby that i picked up but yeah, I know. So I've been kind of yapping for a while, but my hobby. Hey, that's but, that's yeah. what this is all. That's what this is all about, dude. That's, that's that. This is this is what the podcast is all about. I yap, you yap. Yes, sir. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. But uh, nah, dude. Uh, do you guys get competitive when you guys golf against each other, or is it is it more casual? That's a good question. Um, Joey always beats me, and it's really annoying. But <laughs> but we definitely do get competitive out there, and. Um, when I do play someone that's, you know, more my skill level, that's not as advanced, like it could get really competitive out there. Like we'll throw a few bucks down on a hole or two and we'll just, you know, mm. but yeah, exactly. It gets, yeah. Once money starts flying, Jotham, it, oh, gets, yeah. it gets pretty real. Yeah. You, you start to, you start to get into the cha-ching factor. Of, oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a different beast right exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> then, then you start, then you start, you know, then it kind of becomes more real. I'm like, okay, now I got to hit this shot and be like, okay, how can I rub it in his face a little bit? So definitely competitive factor. I'm a competitive person by nature. Um, you know, I just love being out like, you know, I don't make everything into a competition or at least I try not to, but you know, if yeah. a comp competition works its way my way, I, I'm not going to back down from that. I just, I love it. I think it's awesome. And just, uh, as long as it's healthy and you're not being a degenerate out there, I think it's, uh, I think it's all in good fun. So I definitely enjoy getting competitive out there with, uh, with different sports too, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect way to put it. It's, it's, it's great to be competitive. You can be competitive. Anything as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Oh, absolutely. You know, 100 agree. like competition can do, it can, it can be one heck of a motivator. Yes. I, especially when you dive into family, it could be, it could be a heck of a motivator. It could be a lot of yeah. fun. It could be a oh, lot of yeah. wagers. You could be a lot. There could be a lot of trash talk. You could hang something over somebody's head and be like, "Yeah, you want to come get it?" You know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it, it's I. I know I have my own little sibling rivalries when it comes to certain things, and it is. It just never gets old. Oh, dude. absolutely. It never gets old. Uh, but I do have a question about fishing, though. Sure. I mean, what's what's your best catch? What's been your best catch? Best catch. Uh, let's see. This was years ago. We went out on a uh, on Lake Michigan with a charter captain, a good buddy of ours, and. He took us fishing for salmon and lake trout. And I caught a monster lake trout. Oh, man. I'm trying to think of how long it was. Like, it was it was about 40 inches, I would, I would say. Damn. And, yeah, it was a monster, dude. Like, some stuff that's in Lake Michigan, bro, I'm like, holy cow. And I see stuff on Instagram and all these kind of stuff of guys catching different things. I'm like, holy cow. Like, what I caught was almost average compared to some of these guys. But they're catching, you know. But <laughs> personally, um, I love fishing small water, small lakes, rivers. Um, we go up to Minnesota, our family and some friends of ours every year. We just, uh, we rent a cabin on a small lake and just all we do up there is hang out, swim and fish. And, you know, fishing up there is awesome. I love catching little panfish like bluegill, crappie, um, some walleye up there too, like you name it, but nothing huge, but that lake trout on Lake Michigan was definitely my biggest catch. If I, if I had to definitely lock that core memory in, that's definitely my biggest catch of all time. Just reeling that thing in. It was just a fight. My forearms were dead. Mm -hmm. um it was awesome just like reeling that thing away from the depths and being able to, to catch it and hold it for a big picture i was like this is awesome like that was that was definitely my biggest catch for sure yeah and that's that's another thing that's a lot easier you know said than done yeah I mean, oh yeah i mean how when you when you looked at somebody um reel in a fish i mean what was the difference between looking at somebody reeling in a fish and then actually reeling in a fish yourself? Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's easy. I can, you know, I can do that. But then once, you know, you put 10-year-old me on that big fishing pole and, you know, they're trying to crank that thing up, man, it was tough. 
Like it was hard. Like mm. some of these guys that are fishing big water, like on the ocean and stuff, catching these monster, well, you name it, sharks, marlin, yellowfin tuna, snapper, you name it. Like all these guys that are catching all sorts of stuff. I'm like, man, like how do you, you make it look so easy? And these guys, like, I guess it definitely comes down to experience. Like you got to know the spot. You got to know what bait to throw. You got to know all that kind of stuff. Just even getting one on the hook is a challenge in and of itself. And then the actual reeling it in, like, all right, you got to reel it in a certain way because if it rolls the wrong way, it's going to snap you off and then you lose a fish of a lifetime, you know? So there's definitely a little bit of technique involved, but it's fun. It's really fun to kind of witness that, but definitely easier said than done. Mm. So let me ask you this. Um, say there's a rookie out there that wants to get into fishing, a buddy yeah. of yours that wants to get into fishing. How yeah. do you guide him into, you know, being a good fisher? Okay, that's a good question. I would, you know, kind of show him the ropes of, you know, how to tie a fishing knot. If, you know, if a bait comes off and fish snaps you, like you got to, you know, be able to tie a fishing knot and, get on your way again just try to get your line on the water as fast as you can so i'd kind of go through the basics of that you know how to you know uh like you're running a top water bait you know along a along a weed bed and you're just trying to you know try to coax something out there and just the way you reel it in is different you want to twitch it a little bit sometimes just let it sit twitch it sometimes you want to do a fast retrieve just keep reeling and reeling and sometimes the fish will smack it like that so overall i mean there's a def definitely a little bit of technique to it but Depending on the situation, I would definitely try to get a rookie in this like small water fishing, like bluegill and crappie, and maybe even a little bit of walleye too. Um, but I would definitely try to get him, get him or her into that, depending on whatever they want to get into. But that's definitely how I would do it. Like you know, bobber and a worm is something a little bit different, but uh, I mean that's definitely a good way to start. Like that's how I learned when I was you know on my grandpa's fishing pier back in the back in the day. But um, but yeah, like kind of going into more advanced stuff. If I were, were trying to teach somebody, I would try to. Uh, try to teach them with some more like moderate to advanced moves of just trying to, you know, catch certain fish a certain type of way and just trying to work on that retrieve, how to reel and abate the right way and just kind of let it sit, just time it out. Also try to get them on a good spot. Like where are the fish going to be hanging out at? Are they going to be sitting on top of a big lily pad bed? Or are they going to be, you know, spawning down there in like little beds that they make on their own? It's definitely like a lot of technique that goes into it. You never know where they're going to be. That's one of the beauty parts about fishing. It's just what keeps you coming back. You have one good day out there. You follow up with a, with a goose egg the next day, but overall it's fun. It's what keeps you going out there. So yeah, just try to get them into the, kind of get them into the basics, like tying that hook and putting the bobber on. And then once they're ready for that, like throw a jig at the end of the, throw a little jig with just a little weight, a little color weight with a little rubber tail at the end. You can put a worm on it. You can put a minnow on it, whatever you want to do. And just try to, you know, try to just try to get them to enjoy it as best they can. It's not not for everybody by any means, like like any other activity. But um, if they enjoy it, hell, dude. I mean, it's a great time. I mean, I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, you you definitely seem to have a good time fishing when, oh, you, awesome. when you get the chance. To, of course, <laughs> of uh, course, man. But yeah, that's, that's some pretty cool stuff, man. Yeah, I uh, got one last question for you, John. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so come May when you graduate, yes, and you know it's all said and done. Volleyball is behind you. SXU, you know, is behind you. You graduate. You go off into the real world. When you look back at what you've done here, what do you think you want to be remembered for? Like, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, that is such a good question. And I've thought about this before. I mean, I just want to say that, you know, I just gave my best out there. Like, I wanted to be a good teammate. want to be a good captain to my crew. Um, I just want to be a, a good friend and just, like, establish those relationships. And I want to leave a legacy of, like, Johnny G, like, you may not have been the greatest player out there, but, I mean, dang, if you didn't try to be, you know, like I just, you know, I just want to leave that legacy and say, hey, he was a good teammate. He always gave his best, always hyped up his teammates if they're having a bad day. And when he had a bad day of his own, like he would always just try to make up for it by making the next play, you know, and that's that's what I want my legacy to be. Like, I'm not here to I'm not here to break any records or anything like that. I'm just here to be a good teammate, 
have a good time and just, you know, make it an enjoyable experience for all my teammates and obviously compete and hope to get that national championship. But even if we do fall short, I just want them to want my teammates to remember me as that teammate that always came and supported them when they needed me the most. And uh, that's all I really could ask for in terms of a legacy for myself. Mm. Oh, bonus question. Oh, hell yeah. Take me through the origins of the crab walk. I've always wanted to know. I've always wanted to know. What is behind the crab walk? The crab walk. Oh, my gosh. So my freshman year, um, old teammate, Mike Kazanaki, you probably remember him. Um, Mike Kazanaki, he hit the crab walk after the first block of the season, whenever it was. I forget what game, forget what team. And he did the crab walk along the sidelines, just uh, just uh, the shuffle with the clamps out. And I said, hey, I like that. I'm like, Mike, can I do it? Can I do it with you? And he's like, yeah, sure. Like, go right ahead. Like, I'll start on one end of the bench, you start on the other end. Sure enough, next block came. Mike and I clamps all the way down. And um, I didn't think it would be as big of a crowd as it turned into be. Like, wow. everybody just loved it. And, like, ever since then, like, whenever we hit the crab walk on the sidelines, I see people in the stands, like, with their hands in the air, just pinching their fingers together. I'm like, this is awesome. I love it. But that was the origin. Props out to Mikey Kaz. Uh, he was the one that got me into it. And I'm, I'm hoping that tradition is going to continue even after I'm gone. I mean, I think it's I think it's sticking with the team and everybody loves it. So, uh, but yeah, that's the origin of it. Mike, Mike and I just, uh, it was there before I got here. I couldn't tell you where it came from before that. But I think, I think Mike was the one that started it, I believe. And uh, I've just been carrying on the tradition ever since. And it's been, uh, it's been a huge hit. Everybody loves it. It's awesome. Well, that's a heck of a baton carry, if I, if I do say so myself. I mean, that crab walk has been very noticeable and it's been very prevalent. It's even bled into the girls' team at times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean the women's team can get into the crab walk sometimes. Oh, this they is do. Like, they you love guys it. Really, you guys really came up with something goofy but original, and it's awesome. Dude. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what it – I don't know who started it for sure. I don't know what the exact origin of it is, but – if it goes back further than even you can tell, then so be it. That might be a mystery I have to uncover another year. But yeah, dude, tell me about it. <laughs> but dude, whatever, whenever it started, I don't see it going away. It it just looks like too good of a too good of a signature kind of team motion team. An, it's like an animation of some sort. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's like a man. cube. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's like I can't even tell you, man. It's just it just it's just stuck. I don't know. I don't know how it's stuck, and then. You know, I was surprised like some of the underclassmen are getting into it too, which I love. I love how they're getting into the energy and everything. And anytime that we could be goofy out there and just bring a little bit of fun into a competitive atmosphere, like I'm going to take the chance to do it. You know, it's just, it's a great, it's a great way just to celebrate a great play by our teammates and uh, just to get a little bit goofy, a little bit fun with it. I think it definitely brings up the energy on the bench, on the court, and also with the fans as well. So um, props to Mike again for that. And uh, I hope the tradition continues. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Priority number one, get the job done. But when you Amen. can have fun doing it, oh, yeah, that's a big bonus. Amen to that, man. Big fat bonus. Amen to that. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And that's going to do it for another episode of the Player Profiles podcast. Special thanks to John Glennon for taking the time out of his day to come and do this interview. All right. There's just one thing left to do, and I'm pretty sure you know what it is. Can I get a rah, 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 Go Cougs, baby. Oh, and also, go Vikings. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, WXAV.com, for more information on your escape from Ordinary Radio.